0: Now, let's spend some time in the Word. Lord, I pray that as I share what you've laid on my heart, I pray that you would take these simple words and do something wonderful, incredible with them. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you that when your Word is declared, that it is followed by the signs confirming your Word. Thank you that your Word will not return to you void but will accomplish that which you send it forth to accomplish. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the title is God's Loving Kindness. God's Loving Kindness. And I trust that in sharing this, that it will be a blessing to you and an encouragement. Now, loving kindness is a word that's not very common In the English language, it's not as though you write cards to somebody for their birthday and you use the word loving kindness in there. You might thank them for this or say that I love you, but loving kindness, not a very common word. But as we look at this word in Scripture, we discover something special. The word loving kindness appears 29 times in the Bible. And it comes from a Hebrew word, which is pronounced kesed, kesed. And you spell that C-H-E-C-E-D, kesed. Now, this word for loving kindness, kesed, in the Hebrew means the following. It means kindness, favor. It means being merciful, or gracious. And so, when we speak of God's loving kindness, we are saying that God is kind. We are saying that He is merciful and gracious. Think of those three words, kind, merciful, and gracious. Now, I think to myself, isn't it wonderful that we serve the true and living God, but it's wonderful how He is or, or what He's like, that He is a kind God, that He is merciful to us, that He is gracious. Imagine if we served a God who was a tyrant, merciless, like an iron-fisted God, but He's not. The Bible says that He is kind, He is merciful, and He is gracious. Sometimes we can see these aspects in people around about us. Sometimes you might come into contact with a person and you can just so see the love of God in them. You can see this thing of loving kindness, which is kindness, mercy, graciousness. I remember once having a meal with John and Carol Arnott of the Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship. And actually my mom and I, we were having a meal with them. And I was just so impressed at how tender-hearted this couple is. I was so amazed that... that You know, they had faced so much criticism from people all around the world, criticizing the Toronto blessing and and so on, and misunderstanding them. But here, they were filled with loving kindness. I remember another person that I had the privilege of meeting on one or two occasions, Bishop Richard Croft. He went to be with the Lord a few years ago. He was one of the senior Anglican bishops uh, in this city and even further afield. He was very highly regarded, and I met him on one or two occasions. And you know what? He was a gracious man. He was a man that showed loving kindness. I remember through being in his presence for a few minutes, I thought, wow, I wouldn't mind being more like him. Another person that I think of is somebody that at the beginning of this year came into fellowship here and became a member here, and he recently led the Kingdom of God course over several weeks, over seven weeks, Peter Faurie. And I remember actually sharing on a similar thing a number of years ago, and I referred to when Peter Faurie as to me an example of seeing something of God's loving kindness in him because he's a gracious man. I remember... I was involved in the orchestra at Hatfield for many years, doing sound and drums and singing and all sorts of things. It was a great time, great experience for me. And when Peter, he had a certain level of responsibility in the orchestra, and he had some oversight over the singers and so on. But always, whenever I would interact with him or see him interacting with other people, there would be a graciousness about him. And in that I saw, in a human being, something of the loving kindness of God. I also think of my dad, Pastor Ed Rabit, as an example of this. And there were times when he had to give me a good hiding. And I can remember one time even having to make my own stick. (laughs) He said to me and Peter, he said, you guys go into the garage and you go, make something for a hiding. So Peter and I, we're trying to put our heads together. We think, what is the least pain? Must it be thick or must it be thin? Or what are we going to do, you know? And, and eventually we, we, we leveled out that in between was probably best. Because too thin, that's a... But even though sometimes we had some good hidings, you know what? I knew I saw the loving kindness of God in my Father. What a privilege. My mom said the other day, she said that she really experienced God's love through her husband. Wow. You know what? You and I are made in the image of God. And God wants to use you to look like him. Ultimately, that's God's plan because when we see Jesus face to face, the Bible says in a blink We will be made like Him. We will become like Jesus. And I believe that God wants to use you, even now, to begin to reflect the beautiful characteristics of God. You know what? This is a world which has a lot of pain and a lot of hurt in it. There's a lot of cutthroatness, if I can put it that way, in the world. But when you see people reflecting, like the moon reflects the sun, people reflecting the character of God, it's something altogether beautiful. God's loving kindness. Four aspects I want to touch on. Number one, God's loving kindness is wonderful. Would you say the word wonderful with me? Wonderful. God's loving kindness is wonderful. Have a look at Psalm 36. Turn there, please. Let's hear a rustling of those pages. I know it's the end of the year, but don't get sleepy on me now. Come on. If you see the person next to you nodding off, you can shove him a little bit in the ribs and say, Jesus loves you. Okay. Psalm 36. And uh, we're looking at verse 7 to 10. And look out for the word loving kindness. It says, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, it says, How precious, how precious is your loving kindness, O God. And there's an exclamation mark. How precious, how great, how wonderful, how awesome is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, The children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. There's something abundant about God's loving kindness. It's not in short supply. And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Now here this word comes up again. It says, O oh, continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright in heart. So, in verse 7, it says, how, what's the next word? Precious. Do you see God's loving kindness as precious? David sure did. David was a man after God's own heart. He saw God's loving kindness as so valuable, so treasured, so, so to be sought after that he said it's precious. The same verse in the King James Version says, how excellent is your loving kindness, O God. The message translation says, how exquisite your love, O God. Now, if something is precious, excellent, exquisite, then surely it should be praised. And we talk about God's love being excellent, being precious, being exquisite. I believe that we should almost want to burst out into song like we were singing just now. And just say, Oh God, holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled with your glory. Your loving kindness is precious, Lord. It is wonderful. It is vast. It is exquisite. It is excellent. As we look back on the past year, on 2010, we should celebrate God's loving kindness to us. Even if you faced some difficulties in this year, I believe you can still testify to the fact of God's loving kindness, because he says, even though you pass through a valley of the shadow of death, you will not fear, because I will be with you. What's that? It's God's loving kindness. It's God's tender mercies to us. You know, about um, two, two or three weeks ago, I was chatting to somebody that popped into the offices here, um, they're not part of this church, but uh, some of their family is part of the church. And I was talking to this guy about uh, the past year. Somehow we just got onto the subject of, of how's it been for you and so on. And um, he said to me, no, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a very tough year. Uh, it's been a tough year business-wise. It's been tough not seeing the same kind of results as last year. And I said, sure, um, Sorry to hear that, but glad you guys are still standing, glad you guys are still going for it. And and then he asked me, he said, well, how's your year been? And and I I said to him, I said, well, actually, for, for us as a church, it's been a phenomenal year. Now, I used the word phenomenal, and then I thought, oh, shucks, maybe that sounds like it was too good. So maybe you must downplay this thing and make it not look so good and just sort of sympathize with him and so on. And I thought, no, it's been a phenomenal year. And this is God's loving kindness. So I can celebrate it. You know, praise God. It's been a phenomenal year. We've seen blessing and growth on the church in such a wonderful way in many aspects. In terms of staff, we've grown from about... Uh, 9 people to 18 staff members. We are headed towards the double services from beginning of next year. God has blessed the finances. We've been able to pay off so much money this year. God has caused His presence to be felt here every Sunday. People have been saved. People have been baptized People have experienced restoration in in their lives, in families. Many people have been counseled and prayed for. We've seen people being healed. And I'm thinking, wow, it's been a phenomenal year. So I'm not going to downplay it. I'm going to celebrate God's loving kindness. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. It's just because of God's loving kindness, which means that He's been kind. He has been merciful and he is being gracious. Let me read to you two quick Psalms, you don't have to turn there, which speak of praising God for his loving kindness. It says, Psalm 92, verse 1, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to his name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning. It's not yet to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness at night. Tonight you can declare His faithfulness, okay? <laughs> this morning we declare in His loving kind Psalm 138 verse 1. I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods I will sing praises to you. I will worship towards your temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and truth. We should celebrate and praise God for His loving kindness. Number one, God's loving kindness is wonderful. It's wonderful. Number two, God's loving kindness is better than life. God's loving kindness is better than life. Do you remember that song we used to sing years ago? Thy loving kindness is better than life. Thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee, thus will I bless thee. Thy loving kindness is better than life. How about we sing it together? Oh thank you for your enthusiasm. I'll just sing it to myself here. Thy loving kindness is better than life. Thy loving kindness is better than lie. My lips, my lips shall praise Thee. Thus will I bless Thee. Thy loving kindness is better than lie. And then we would do a key chant. To the loving... Okay, we're not going to cut in. <laughs> now... D- did we really understand that phrase, thy loving kindness is better than life? Because come to think of it, I-, I was just pretty much going through the motions. I-, I wasn't really aware of what that meant. I knew it meant something good about God, and, and that's great, but what does it mean? When we actually say, thy loving kindness is better than life. Well, let's turn to Psalm 63, where we find that very phrase. And let's see what we can learn from that. Psalm 63, verse 1 to 4. It says in verse 1, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. It seemed like David would wake up early and spend time with God. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. And here it comes. Look for the word loving kindness. Because... Your loving kindness is better than life. Because of that, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. It's biblical to lift up our hands in his name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Now, that's where it's found. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Okay, because God's loving kindness is so great, I'm going to praise you, but it's better than life. I still don't quite understand what that means. And it's kind of an unusual concept. Now, I did some exploring and discovered the following. And according to Barnes, this is what it says. I think it's very interesting. Life is the most valuable thing we can possess in this world. But above this, David valued favor and friendship with God. If one or the other was to be sacrificed, he preferred that it should be his life. He would be willing to exchange that for the favor of God. Because life was not worth living without divine favor. Isn't that interesting? I'd like to read it again because I think it's very precious. Life is the most valuable thing we can possess in this world. But above this, David valued favor and friendship with God. If one or the other was to be sacrificed, he preferred that it should be his life. He would be willing to exchange that for the favor of God. Life was not worth living without divine favor. Now, life is exceedingly precious. You just speak to a family where they are facing a situation of a terminal illness you suddenly begin to see how precious life is and how they want to fight for it. I think of those miners, those Chilean miners that were underground for, how long were they underground for? Long time. 46 days or something like that, I'm not sure, but it was a long time. The world fought to get their lives back. Life is the most precious commodity you have. That's why it is also so sad when people choose to give up life. It's very sad. God's given it to us as a gift. And it's a gift that should be cherished. It's the most valuable thing you have, life. That's why Jesus says, well, when you come to me, you make me Lord of your life. You give me your life because I want what is most valuable to you. I want you to give me your life. But David said, even though the life that I have is so precious to me, if I had to make a choice between life without the favor of God and just God's loving kindness, I'm going to choose God's loving kindness. It's better than life. That's what he was saying. He was saying that it's more valuable And if it had to choose between one and the other, he would rather prefer that it should be his life that should be sacrificed. Also, God's loving kindness lasts much longer than life. And therefore, something that lasts longer is more valuable. God speaks in his word about his eternal kindness to us. Something that lasts longer than life is God's loving kindness. Therefore, it is also better than life. David seemed to have a special understanding of God's loving kindness. It's interesting, as I mentioned earlier, 29 times the word loving kindness appears in the Bible. Of those, 29 times, only 7 times are outside of the book of Psalms. Twenty-two times where that word appears is in the book of Psalms. David wrote most of the Psalms. I believe he had a beautiful understanding of God's loving kindness. But also I believe that God wants you and I to understand His loving kindness. So that's number two. God's loving kindness is better than life. It'll last longer. It's more valuable, more precious. It's better than the life that we have. Number three, the richness of God's loving kindness is experienced by those who know Him. Psalm 36 verse 10, which we read earlier, says, O continue your loving kindness to those who know you. I want to say this, I believe that if you are unsaved, if you have not given your life to Jesus, you can experience God's loving kindness to a certain extent. But, the fullness, the richness of God's loving kindness, the richness of the spiritual inheritance that we have, is towards those who believe. The fullness of the richness of God's loving kindness is for believers. It's for children of God. That's why it's so important to begin a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's only as we have a personal relationship with God that we can experience the fullness of that loving kindness. You might actually be sitting here today and you have not actually given your life over to God. I can well believe that there might be family that prays for you time and time again. Why resist those prayers? Why dig in your heels? Why not just surrender your life to God's loving kindness? It says, in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, I'll just read it because in the New Living Translation it puts it so beautifully. It says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from sin? Another translation says, It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And I want to say to, I don't know, a handful of people that might be here today that for some reason are saying no, no, no to God. I want to say, it's time to say yes, yes, yes to God. And what better time to do it at this Christmas time. You can just get on your knees before God and say, God, forgive me. I receive you into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. And as you begin that personal relationship with God, it opens up the floodgates of God's loving-kindness to be poured upon you. Number three, that was, the richness of God's loving-kindness is experienced by those who know Him. And number four, which is just very brief, God's loving-kindness will never be taken from you which is also quite similar to what Pixie referred to earlier, about the Lord never failing us, and the Lord being true to His Word in that regard. And I'd like to leave a scripture with you. I believe it's one of the most beautiful scriptures in all of the Bible. And it's found in Isaiah 54, verse 10. And it says, For the mountains may be removed. And the hills may shake. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Let me just start again. For the mountains may be removed, and the hills may shake. But my, what's the next word? Loving kindness. In some translations it just says kindness. But it's the same Hebrew word, keset. My loving kindness will not be removed from you, and my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says the Lord who has compassion on you. We don't know exactly what 2011 holds. We don't know exactly what will take place next year. But there's something that we do know for certain. That God's loving kindness will not be taken away, neither his covenant of peace shall ever be removed from us. That tells me that we can go into the year ahead with confidence in God. That tells me we can go into the year ahead with no fear. Now I'm going to read this again. Let the Holy Spirit minister it to you. For the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake. But my loving kindness will not be removed from you. And my covenant of peace shall not be shaken. Perhaps you could take this, Isaiah 54 verse 10, as a promise going into the new year. And you can be encouraged as you hold on to God's loving-kindness. How many of you want to receive that, even right now? Say, thank you, Lord. (laughs) The loving-kindness will not be removed. Neither your covenant of peace will be removed from me. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, as we've read about your loving kindness in the Word, it really makes me have a sense of appreciation. Lord, it causes our hearts to to rise up with love towards you, with appreciation, with thankfulness. And we want to say as your people today, we thank you for your loving kindness, your kindness, your mercy, and your grace. At this time, we want to say that we receive that in the name of Jesus. We ask for even more of your loving kindness to be poured upon our lives. We need more. We're thirsty for more. And today, by faith, we receive more. We receive it. And we delight ourselves in your loving kindness. I thank you, Lord, that even right now, you rejoice over us with singing. And you quiet us in your love. And our God is mighty to save. So Heavenly Father, I speak out your richest blessing on everybody here. I pray that you would anoint us all with your joy, with your peace, to each home represented here over this Christmas period. We speak the peace of God into your home. We pray against any kind of turmoil. We speak the peace of God. We speak the joy of God into your home. We speak God's loving kindness to be upon you. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand for His goodness? Hallelujah.